It's fabulous. Yay! Wonderful. Anyway, I, I hope that you're having a uh, good week. And, and, you know, God is good, isn't he? God is good to us. You know, he's faithful and he's loving and he's generous. But sometimes he challenges us. Is that right? Yeah? Sometimes, sometimes he says, hey, what are you up to? What are you up to? Maybe God's saying that to you and to me today. Uh, over the last few weeks and months, in fact, let's be honest, since I got here, I, I've, I've been being called by God to spend some time listening to what he has in store for our church. That's a good thing, isn't it? That is a good thing. And, you know, just in the busyness of that uh, about a year and a half, I suppose it is now. Well, it's only recently that I've been able to just cancel some things and, and just spend some time praying and thinking. And uh, you're, you're going, oh, I'm really jealous of you, Howard, because you've been able to spend some time praying and thinking. That must have been lovely. That must have been just so beautiful. Well, I'm going to tell you now it was horrible. It was, it was horrible. You're going, you'll be saying to me, Howard, you're a pastor, and you're telling me that praying and thinking was not a good time, yes? Well, I'm telling you it wasn't a good time, and this is why, because Jesus and I disagreed. That's what happened. Now, obviously, cut a long story short, yes, obviously, he was right, yes? Just to save you some worry, some don't be, don't be too concerned about me. Don't think, oh, he's off the rails and he's not coming back on them. No, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, this beautiful church, and I'll be honest with you, as soon as Emma and I arrived in this congregation, we thought, these are fabulous people. That's what we thought. In fact, you can just turn to your neighbor and say, you're fabulous. <laughs> tell me, Martin, tell me. Tell me, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> You're fabulous, Martin, fabulous. But yes, and God brought us to this fabulous church. And I was like, oh, this is so wonderful. And, it, and I'll be honest with you, it was a big difference from being in Yeovil because I had a team and, and I could say, how about we do this? And all these people would say, yeah, let's go for it. And they had all the energy and all of that sort of stuff. But we absolutely believed that God had called us here. But over the last few months, I've been challenged by Jesus and, and by some friends. Say, Howard, you need to, to spend that time with Jesus. So I did. And I started asking him, so, Jesus, what are we supposed to be doing? Because I'd got in my mind that Pentecostal churches, as you know, are fabulous all around the world, aren't they? Amen? Yes, that's the right attitude. Come on, wherever you go, they are fabulous. Yes? And I thought that Jesus is going to grow this church by bringing people all the way from around the world to come to, to Guernsey and come to our church and be part of this fabulous, beautiful, lovely community of Christians. That's what I thought. How on earth can this church fail on that basis? And Jesus said, that is not what I've called you to, Howard. Yes, That's going to happen. Don't you worry. 
But that that you are describing, Howard, is called babysitting. That's what you're doing. Somebody else has done all the hard work. Somebody else has introduced those people to, to me, yes? And now you're going to look after them. Oh, kind, Howard. Well done. That's nice. Jesus said to me, he said, he didn't say it like in this conversation, but shall we say, whilst I was praying, I was like, oh, no. No, that's hard work, what you're calling us to. He said, Howard, as a church, it's very simple. Makes it quite clear in my Bible. Your job is to introduce people who do not know me to me. That's the job. Yeah, yes, Jesus, but what we could do is grow the church by inviting people from all over the world to come here and worship with us. Ah, 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 ah. No, that's not the job. As I've pointed out before, that's called babysitting. You are here to introduce you, to introduce people to, to me. Now, but what about all of these people from all over the world? He says, ah, well, let me tell you about those people. Every single one of those people that I'm sending to you from around the world is a missionary. That's, that's what they are. They are your team to go and introduce the people of Guernsey to me. And I... After, shall we say, some battling. So I was thinking, that sounds like really hard work. I thought, no. Jesus has a point. Can we have an amen there? <laughs> Jesus is right. Of course, that's the thing, introducing people to Jesus. Now, let me ask you this question. In fact, we've probably got it on a slide somewhere. Oh, oh I'll come to that in a minute. But that is a good one. That is a good one, yeah. Could we have just flick one along, do you think? Our vision, introducing people to Jesus Christ. That's for the, those who like flowers. Who like flowers? A few of you like soup. There's other ones. There's other ones with less flowers, yeah? Introducing people to Jesus Christ. You know, as you know that living your life with Jesus is better than living it without him. Can I have some a show of hands, yeah? That's right, but... Sometimes we don't always know why that is. So, so if I said, why don't we just pause for a minute and we just break up into twos, I'm not going to do that because I know congregations get scared about interaction, yeah? And, and said, yeah, just, just explain why being a, uh, being a follower of Jesus makes such a difference in your life. And I think some of us would really find it hard. We'd say, well, we definitely know it's better. We definitely know it's so much better to be a follower of Jesus, but I, what, why is it? Why? What is it? Well, do you know, I think very simply put, and we're going to look into this, is that it is people find their reason to exist once they know Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people on this planet, there's 8 billion apparently, people on this planet, who do not know why they are here. Isn't that crazy? How awful uh, living uh, this life that we have without realizing 
I'm actually here for a relationship with Jesus. I'm here to help people come to know Jesus. I'm here for that. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be awful to live your life without knowing that you have a reason? And, and God is calling us just to be aware of the fact that we have a purpose because of our relationship with Jesus. We have this purpose. And we can help other people discover their purpose. To discover their purpose. We're going to read some scripture. And uh, then we'll go into our vision, introducing people to Jesus Christ. I'm going to read to you. It's not on the screens. So you can either close your eyes and listen to me read it to you. Or you can look it up in your Bibles. It's from uh, John chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse thir uh, 35. Why do they always write the numbers so much smaller than the letters in our Bibles? Why do they do that? I don't know. So John chapter 1, verses 35. That's an approximation, as I say, because it's quite small. The next day, John was there again uh, with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Uh, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Uh, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, I love this verse, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which uh, when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided uh, to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And I'll leave it there. What happens in that passage is that lots of people introduce other people to Jesus Christ. That's what happens. And what chapter of John's Gospel is it? It's the first one. It's the first one. If you'd read, read the words before, it's John introducing anybody who will listen to Jesus Christ. Then he describes all of these situations where John points other people to Jesus Christ. Then various ones of the disciples point others to Jesus Christ. John's point is, our role is to point other people to Jesus Christ. That's, that's it. 
Yes, that's it. That's what our purpose is. Now, as churches, uh, we can forget our simple and most wonderful purpose. And is there anything better than pointing somebody to Jesus Christ? Is there? There's nothing better than pointing at someone to Jesus Christ. If Scott led us in an hour and a half of beautiful worship, would that be fabulous? Easy. (laughs) I'll try that again. If Scott led us in an hour and a half of fabulous worship, would it be fabulous? Yes, of course it would, yeah? Yes. Uh, if, uh, If our guys led us in fabulous prayer times and all of that, it would be wonderful. Of course it would. Yes? And, and there's lots of exciting things about being a Christian, but there is nothing so exciting as introducing someone to Jesus Christ. Do you know, I love that uh, people in this day and age, and let's be honest, it is the, the wealthy section of the world, that people have bucket lists. Yes? I won't ask if anybody has a bucket list, but you know what a bucket list is, isn't it? These are the things that I want to do before I die. I wonder if people have a Christian bucket list. Yes? They have a a list of things that they would like to do for Jesus before they croak it. I think... Who's looking forward to croaking it and going and seeing Jesus, by the way? I think heaven will be great. I'm excited about heaven. A lot of people don't realize that heaven still exists. But we'll get to that, yeah? But if you've got a bucket list... Can you add this on there? I want to introduce people, not the same person. So I, I, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. Yeah. I, I want to introduce people to Jesus Christ. I want to do that. I want to find my purpose in Jesus Christ. I want to help people to understand and experience Jesus Christ for themselves. I want to put, sorry, I want my lifestyle to be just like his lifestyle, or as we put it in our uh, mission statements, which I'll show you in a minute. I want his lifestyle to become my lifestyle. And I want all his purposes to become all our purposes. We could add these things to our bucket list. Yeah? Who wants to put that on there? I want to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Who wants to put that on their bucket list? Yeah? Just have to visit the Niagara Falls and skydiving. Who wants to go skydiving? Yeah? Well, make sure you do the introducing to Jesus Christ before you do the skydiving. I think that's that's a better way of doing it. Although I imagine if that parachute hasn't opened and it's a tandem jump you'll have a very captive audience for explaining the gospel. Don't you think? Yeah? Uh, But I want that to be on our uh, priority list. You know, church is about lots of lovely things. It's about being with your friends. You know, as as we've said, how wonderful it is to to come to Eldad and see such a loving and kind and generous group of people. Yeah? But that's not why we exist. However wonderful you lot are, we exist because of the people who live in these houses outside and around and on this island. And, and God really wants us to, to get to grips with that. He really wants us to, 
to grasp that. So our vision, introducing people to Jesus Christ. Now, I've got these wonderful bits here, and it says, uh, know, show, and grow. Now, just before we get to that, can you see this image here? I thought, oh, I can't put that image up there. It looks a bit new agey, doesn't it? It looks, oh, she's all contemplative, yes? Maybe she's meditating or something like that. And, and I thought to myself, oh, dear, that's a bit, bit controversial. But I thought, no, actually, there's a lot of people in our society today, and, and this is a post-Christian society. There are lots of people who genuinely do not even know that Jesus existed, yes? There's lots of people who do not understand that, uh, that churches exist for anything other than their architecture. You know, there's people who've never read a Bible. There's a whole bunch of people who've never been to church. There's a whole bunch of people who have no idea at all about the Christian faith, yes? Uh, but you still find lots of people who are spiritual. At the library on, uh, I think it's a Tuesday, they have a, an hour's meditation, yes? And it's, it's full, yes? And that... That uh, hour's meditation of people going, those are all people who are spiritual people. They're people who are hungry for spiritual things. They just don't know that the spiritual thing that they're hungriest for is Jesus Christ. And actually, our culture, there was some very interesting re woo, research done last year. It's all right, it's on film. Yeah. Be careful, Howard. Yes. Yeah. Some interesting research done last year. And it showed that uh, the belief in God had decreased amongst older people, but it had increased amongst younger people. And I was fascinated by that. But those younger people didn't have religion as part of their regular lives. They were just more open to what? possibilities there were uh, with regard to spiritual things. And I actually think that, that sometimes as churches, we are hoping that a whole bunch of people who've left our churches will realize the error of their ways and come flooding back. Whereas Jesus is saying there's a whole bunch of people who are searching and going to meditation classes or, or, or yoga or Eastern mysticism or uh, occultic practices, all sorts of things. And they are searching. And sometimes as a church, as churches, not just, not just our church, all churches, we forget that it is our job to introduce them to Jesus Christ. Anyway, we've said that, and I want to give you these little skills uh, because we. it would be crazy for me to see, right then, Howard, just tell the church it's our job to introduce people to Jesus Christ because uh, that's, that's just a statement, isn't it? Introducing people to Jesus Christ. Eldad, we want to introduce people to Jesus Christ, but what do you need? You need some tools, don't you? Tools. And so we're going to look at these tools and the tools that we are going to use are knowing, or no, oh, that's the first, go back to, sorry, thank, thank you, Emma, thank you for your patience. Know, show, and grow. Do you like that? Know, show, and grow. 
Oh, they rhyme. Well done, Pastor. Well done. Yes. No. And I'll see if I can remember these. Yes. No. Our job is to help people understand and experience who Jesus Christ is. We want to be able to tell people things about Jesus. That's, that's nice and easy, isn't it? Yes. And you can tell people things about Jesus that have happened to you. So if Jesus has answered a prayer for you, you can tell them, I prayed to Jesus and he answered this prayer. Or if you uh, have, have, have been on the OT mini course, which I highly recommend, or the NT mini course, yes, uh, you will have an understanding about how all of Scripture points to Jesus Christ. And you can help people to understand who Jesus Christ is. Come on, Jesus, I need to check my time. We're doing all right here. Uh, but also it's understand and experience Jesus Christ. Are we a Pentecostal church? Amen, we are. Nicole knows. She signed the paperwork. Yeah. We are. When Jesus moves, when Jesus answers your prayer, when the Holy Spirit moves your heart, when you are in prayer and the Holy Spirit does something in your heart and you become amazed at who he is. We want, we want people to have that experience of Jesus Christ. Do we believe that God heals? Yes, we do. Would it be wonderful to see Jesus healing people? Yes. And we believe for these things. So these, there's tool number one, helping people to uh, understand and experience Jesus Christ. And we're calling that no. Can I have a repetition? One, two, three. No. Yes, that's K-N-O-W. And I don't want anybody to get these mixed up. This like no, sh no show, grow. Because no show means not turning up, doesn't it? So it's not that, just to be really clear. Show, and this is really simple. Show his lifestyle becoming our lifestyle. Now, not only do, you, do we have to explain to people who Jesus is and help them to experience him for themselves. But the wonderful thing is, when, she, when your friends look at you, yes, the idea is that they get a, an eyeful of Jesus. Now, everybody in this room is, is a fallen person. Of course we are. We're all broken. That's why the whole salvation thing exists, because Jesus recognizes that you and I need rescuing. Yes, we need to be saved. That's the, it's just how it is. Yes. And he says, hey, there we go. Uh, I save you by my grace. It's not your works. It's by my grace. And as a demonstration of that, the Holy Spirit goes to work in us. And there's an overflow of that. And, and, and we've got that as one of our tools. Because from now until the day that Jesus calls us home, there's a lot of hard decisions that we need to make. Yes? There's some backtracking. 
that we have to do on some decisions maybe that we've made previously. For some uh, choices of that are sacrificial for us, all with the intention of living like Jesus Christ. I just, I just love the, the power of a life that is lived sacrificially for Jesus Christ. Now, we always have to, to share our faith. We always do, you know, or else it leads to confusion, yes? If you just lived like Jesus in front of people, uh, you know, they could come to all sorts of, con of, of different conclusions about, about what you're doing, yes? And that's why it has to go hand in hand with uh, what you say. But I just think there's power, and there's power in this room, you know? There's people in this room who've made all sorts of sacrifices for Jesus. And I, I want to encourage you. This is, this is powerful stuff. Jesus is shining out of every single one of those sacrificials, sacrificial decisions you have made. His lifestyle becoming ours. So, no... Yes, helping people to understand and experience Jesus, show his lifestyle becoming our lifestyle. And my favorite of them all, which is to grow, yes, all God's purposes for all our lives. You know, we live in a life, in a world where people need purpose. They need purpose. And I want to say to you that you find your purpose in the crucible that is the church. Oh, I'm quite Nicole, I'm quite pleased with that. I really am. <laughs> yeah. The crucible of the church, yeah? You know, what was, uh, was Jesus' chosen method to save the world? The church. This is you. It's you. You are the bride of Christ, you know? You've got, you're pretty high up there. You know, Jesus looks at you and goes, I love this lot, yeah? And warts and all. I love them, yes? And, 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 and sometimes we'll, we'll look at churches and go, well, uh, that goes wrong, and that goes wrong, and then that happens, and those, those people fall out, and then that happens, and oh, my goodness me, you know, over, oh, over gossip, yes? Or all oh, the politics. You know, Paul's first letters were all about helping the early church not to disintegrate. Because Paul recognized, because Jesus had put it in his heart, that that crucible, all of its frictions, all of its complexities, all of its hypocrisies, yes, all of that stuff, there was also a whole bunch of powerful love, a whole bunch of powerful sacrifice. And it's within the church that you discover your purpose. Now, obviously, everybody has the purpose, introducing people to Jesus Christ. But there's all sorts of giftings within that that, w that are already evident in so many. And God really says to you, you are here for a purpose. I've already told you, if you're from overseas, you're here as a missionary, yes? Let's make that absolutely clear. 
God, and that's not just me saying, just filling out my sermon. I'm telling you, this is what God revealed to me in my prayer when I was saying, come on, God. Yeah. And I was having a little disagreement with him. He was saying, this is, this is, these people think they're here to work. Yes. And you guys who are retired, you're all under the same calling. Yes. You people who were born here but are followers of Jesus too, you you know, you're all from another kingdom, aren't you? Kingdom of heaven. But God said, if you are here, you might think you're here to work. You might think you're here to fall in love and find a family. You might think that you're here to climb up the greasy pole of, of power or whatever it is, yeah? You put all that to one side, yeah? You are here as missionaries, yeah? Here as missionaries, the calling of God on you is real. The power of God is available for you uh, to fulfill and over-fulfill all that he calls you to. But I, I just want to say that the tools that we find are, are this church. This church is a place where people in our community with no church background uh, uh, people in our community who've never walked anywhere close to church before will find their purpose and their reason to be. They'll find their hope and their meaning and their life in the crucible of church. And I just think that is, that is just fabulous. I'm going to close just with uh, these uh, few words. I have to open up my little notebook just to do it. But I'm just going to read something. Ray, John, Jeff, in fact, there was lots of Johns, uh, Mrs. Carney, Paula, Sandra, Mr. Cranfield, Mr. Simpson, Bob Jones, Esther, Miriam, Brian, Hanson, Paul, Keswick, Jolly, that was a dog as it happens, but nonetheless it was important, Claudia, Eric, Phil, Andrew, Gower, Emma, Matthew, Philip, there's a whole bunch of those names. Now, before I explain those names to you, as I've said to you many times, I, I work from the library, yes? If you're behind on, on taking books back to the library, don't come to me. I don't work at the library. I work from the library. And they have, just by in one of the alcoves, it's a sunny little spot, and the, the light comes streaming in, and they've set up a table and there's a jigsaw there, yes? And uh, uh, every day I walk past and I'll see somebody else just putting another piece in the jigsaw. Sometimes you'll see people there for an hour or so just putting in pieces. And then somebody else will come and put another piece in. And over the course of a week or two, this jigsaw gets put together. And that list of names and, and so many more that I haven't 
are actually the people who put the pieces into my life. The jigsaw that is Howard Davenport, people who've contributed ever such a small amount, but put in a piece that became my life. And I thought to myself, how precious that is that, you know, I just in five minutes or so could put together a list of people who were influential in my encountering of Jesus Christ and, and trying to live a lifestyle that reflects Christ's lifestyle and discovering my purpose in Jesus Christ. And I thought, actually, Eldad. And so many lives out there. We don't have to go and present the whole gospel on our own. But if every one of us using the, the tools of know and show and grow, that we could put the places, the pieces into place for the people who live on our beautiful island. And maybe together as brothers and sisters, we could put lives together and help them to discover Jesus Christ for themselves. I wonder if the band could come back just as we bow our heads. Jesus. Lord, I take this moment to be thankful for those that have put little pieces into my life. In heaven, how precious it will be to thank those people. And in these moments, we can each think of people who've played a small but significant part in our lives. In putting pieces into place in our lives so that, that we came to know Jesus. And to live for Jesus. And discovering why we're here. And Jesus, we want, to be, we want to commit ourselves to you. Lord, we don't want to be a babysitting service for the kingdom of God. We want to be an emergency service. We want people to find you. We want people to meet you. We want people to escape a lost eternity. And Lord Jesus, we pray that over the next few weeks as we, we look into this, that you will set our hearts on fire. I pray that even this week, you will remind us that we can put even a small piece in place for somebody that we come into to contact with. Maybe we can help sort out the edges. But Lord Jesus, we want to be people who introduce people to Jesus Christ. We want to put that at the, the top of our bucket list. 
Help us, we pray. And as we've uh, gone through that, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not actually 100% sure that I've been introduced to Jesus Christ, but I'd like to know him. And so I'm going to pray a prayer right now, just a short one, and I'm going to invite you, if you've never uh, decided to follow Jesus, to pray this prayer with me. And then you can start to become a follower of Jesus. I could introduce you to him. Here's a prayer to help that to happen. I'll pray it one line at a time, and you can pray it in your heart. Loving Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I want him to be part of my life. I invite him to come in. I ask for your forgiveness for the things that I have done wrong. I accept the forgiveness that you offer. Come and live with me. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, and just while every head's bowed and all of our eyes are closed, just lift up your hand just for me to uh, see. Lord, we praise you for those that have made that decision. Lord, we would ask that they would encounter you in such a wonderful and powerful way. And I pray that they will meet many people who can put those pieces into place in their own lives. And may that start here in this fellowship. Jesus' name. Amen. Should we stand?